Have you started recording? Yeah. Wonderful. Start, started recording well, when you were mentioning lubing up earlier. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that makes sense. Welcome to Triple XP. This is episode 14 and it's our final episode of 2020. I'm Shane and this is Mike. Hello. And this week we also have Jedi with us. Hey, hey everyone. Just to quickly run through the normal stuff, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, all the other important podcast places on this week's episode we discuss disney dropping the mother load i give my impressions of cyberpunk 2077 and we look forward to 2021 but before we get any into anything lads i do just want to address a couple of things firstly a this is our finale to 2020 this episode um we do go on a two or three week break now our next episode doesn't drop until the second week of uh, January, because we're all very busy for the holidays. I would say seeing family, but we're not because nope. <laughs> COVID. And that, that brings me on to my next point. And I just wanted to address this at the beginning of the episode, following on from our mental health episode last week. Um, the UK, as most of our UK listeners or sh- your our UK listeners should know, have gone into a new t- four tier four tier system. That's a mouthful. Um, as of the day that we're recording, uh, which has obviously caused a lot of upset. And I know, Jedi, uh, over in, in the States, you've got lots of different COVID rules depending on where you are and what's going on. Um, so I just want to remind everyone out there that it's okay to be upset by everything. Your opinions can't be invalidated. And if you do need to talk, we may be a couple of strangers on the on podcasts, but we are here to talk if you if you need two um i'm tier four myself mike you're tier three at the moment Tier three baby yeah jedi is tier america i I, i'm (laughs) my my area is purple nice (laughs) purple is yours a color code system i I think so yeah and purple apparently is bad oh (laughs) oh so welcome to our world um (laughs) but yeah i just wanted to take a moment at the top of the episode just to just to remind everyone of that that it's okay to be upset frustrated downright annoyed um particularly with the uk government and the backpedaling and the situation that's been happening but to stay safe look after each other and uh as i say if you do need to talk our dms are always open i know jedi's dms are always open as well yeah and, um, mine too, for sure yeah yeah that's all i really wanted to say on that have you guys got anything you wanted to add before we moved on uh, nothing really just adding on to that yeah None. slide in talk to people we're all here for everybody right yeah. I think this year in particular has been that year where everyone has been like getting in touch and things like we use Discord a lot and it's been like vital for like my mental health, just keeping in touch with people and like, you know, having someone there to talk to. So it is important. Yeah, definitely is. As as I put out in our tweet yesterday, a problem shared is a problem halved. Yeah. So get get talking to friends, family or three random guys on a podcast 
Although there's the rest of the Triple XP team as well. If you if you don't want to talk to a guy, we do have Sarah. She yeah. will always <laughs> happily talk. And um, she's we a also, great listener. Also, yeah, we also have a cheese. Yeah, we got cheese. We, we do have a cheese. Um, and JB, but well, you know, we don't know where that conversation will go. <laughs> oh, I'll slide in there right now. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's 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 move on to and get on with the episode then, shall we? Um, before we start, are you both okay? How are you feeling in general? Yeah, pretty good. Not, not too bad. That's some like disappointing, I... uh, disappointing COVID news, obviously today. But other than that, pretty good. Pretty good. How about you, Jedi? Yeah, over here, uh, I am kind of crispy because I've been crunching for a while, but I am now on a two-week break, so I slept in all the way till the crack of noon. I'm feeling rested. I'm happy. I'm good right now. Good to hear. Yeah, I'm I'm the same as you, Mike. Like, it's a pretty devastating news. Um, for us, it's like Christmas cancelled. Yeah. Because the, the tier we're in is literally, do not leave your house. Yeah. Ever. Christmas Day, anything. Don't leave your house. Don't see anyone. Don't breathe. I'm just waiting for um tier five January tier five. <laughs> no breathing. Tier five. You're not allowed to open your windows. You're not allowed <laughs> to open your blinds. Tier six. Boys on a uh, on a helicopter flying around with a sniper rifle. If you put your bins out, <laughs> just, <laughs> it's, uh, you. I mean, you've got to laugh, otherwise you will cry. It's, I'm not just taking the piss. It's a horrible situation. But yeah, if you don't laugh, you will end up crying about it um but yeah anyway let's move on to the news let's uh let's get cracking with it so mike do you want to start with your news story yeah mine's just a bit, a bit of an odd one that um number one gun pointed out to me um and then if you don't know who that is he's like this amazing twitch streamer artist um twitch featured him recently um he's a great artist he's done a lot of work for me he's a good artist um but he, in his Discord, he, he pointed out this uh, a modder had um, like an absolute mad lad of a modder had modded a SNES, like a Super Nintendo or Super NES or SNES, whatever you want to call it. I just call it a SNES because that's what I called it when I was a kid. But it is a SNES. It is a SNES, yeah. What would you call it, Jedi? Uh, SNES. Yeah, let's see. It's a very like American thing, I think, that. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> but um, he modded a SNES um, and put ray tracing on a Super Nintendo. Um, and I'll, I will post a link. I know we always say that we'll post links, and I never do because I'm lazy. But, yeah, you should. Yeah, I, know. I give you these links for a reason. <laughs> Every week, I'm like, here's the links, Mike. I'm hoping you're going to do what you're, what we've told you do. to do with them. It. I get around to it. But I'll, I'll post this because it's a really interesting video. Um just showing that the tech works on a SNES and it kind of reminded me of like a Windows 98 screensaver <laughs> but it looked really cool some cool um so a question and this is more for for Jedi with his background how difficult would that be to your understanding because I have literally no understanding of how ray tracing works I know what it is how you would implement it in any way shape or form no idea I think the problem with it is trying to get the power. The reason why we haven't been able to have good ray tracing is because we don't have a system that can run that smoothly. So trying to go back and add the hardware and add the, the modding to a Super Nintendo is pretty wild. That said, I mean, the games that you're playing on the SNES or SNES, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're not that 
taxing. So it it's doable without the amount of lifting. It's just it's it's still pretty cool feet. <laughs> I mean, when you when you look at the video, there is uh, I'm not using this term lightly a fuck ton of wires coming out of the, the snares. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a mathematical figure, isn't it? Yeah. A fuck ton. It's one fuck ton of wires. Well, I, I'm, I will have to check out because I've not seen anything about this. I, re- I saw your link, um, but I've not looked at anything. So I'll be interested in looking into this because yeah, this sounds cool. absolutely mad. Is I bet it, he had a really good spreadsheet. It's interesting. Probably. <laughs> For all those wires, he had a spreadsheet, and I bet it was great. <laughs> Just thinking about it excites me. <laughs> <laughs> Jedi, do you want to hear us with your story, mate? I don't, again, have any clue what this is about. Sure. So, uh, in 2019, a game came out called Devotion, and it was a high-rated game. It was actually considered one of the games of the year. Um, the reason it's coming up in news now is because about a week or so ago, uh, they were they announced that they were going to be releasing the game on GOG, which is um, CD Projekt Red's uh, distribution. It's their Steam. It's their version of Steam. Until GOG came out and said, yeah, no, we're not releasing that. Now, part of the story here is this game, highly rated, games love it, and reviewers love it. The reason it's been pulled from Steam, the reason it's been pulled from GOG is because... Somewhere in the game, there is a meme of the the prime minister of China, and it's like a, this Winnie the Pooh meme that is very offensive. And once it came out, they got review bombed and strong armed by um, certain people to go ahead and pull that game. So Steam pulled it for over almost two years now, or almost a year now. They haven't been able to get it back on there, even though they pulled the meme. And GOG, before it even gets put on there, it got pulled. So. Wow. Universal yeah. great horror game. You can't get it on these mainstream uh, uh, distribution platforms because of a meme that the Chinese government and uh, uh, fans review bombed and said, "Yeah, no, we're not going to allow this." This isn't the only story involving um, issues in with China recently, because um, didn't the Monster Hunter film get pulled from yep. Chinese audiences due to a? what was deemed a, a racial joke about the Chinese. Yep, they, they, they pulled it because of uh, exactly something like that. Uh, they, uh, you know, over there, uh, they have complete control over media, video games and movies, what can be shown, what cannot be shown. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the secrets in the gaming world, if you want a game to go into China, you should probably talk, be talking to Tencent because Tencent knows how to get in there. Tencent knows how to make sure that it gets distributed. Yeah, because one of the core core distributors like for China. Fish, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that is mad, though. That is pretty crazy. What? So, what type of game is Devotion? Because uh, although you said it's critically acclaimed, I've never heard of it. it it's like uh, almost PT, kind of, kind of like a, a Silent Hillish. It's, it's a horror game. You're, you're rocking around, and you're in this weird, creepy environment, and horror shit happens to you. It, it, it's it, it sucks because again, everybody has said it's great. But you just can't get it. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that it's been pulled in like other countries. I understand maybe China, but like in other countries as well. Is that? I think uh, the 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 writing on that one. If, you know, it's kind of looking between the lines there. You know, China has come in and probably told Steam, "You want to continue to sell games over here? Right. Yeah. Do yeah. something about this. Yeah. Like that, that's the only reason why Steam would pull it." And not put it back on, even though that has been patched out and fixed. 
Yeah, I yeah that uh, no yeah I see Mike's point there because uh, like, I can understand the Epic store pulling it because it doesn't te- we discussed before Tencent has like a huge um, share in mm-hmm. Epic, so it would make sense for them to want to keep China on side as that's what they do. Um, but the uh, these other ones, I mean, I'm t- glad you mentioned about Gog because I keep reading about it and I'm like, what the fuck is this Gog? I've never heard of this. I don't know what this is. Um, so I'm glad you've informed me on what that is now. But yeah, it's weird that these other um, companies are being forced to pull it. But then like you say, the Chinese market is a big market and you want to keep them sweet to an extent. It would make yeah, sense. And I mean, it's one of those things. It's it, it's money. It, it, you get a lot of revenue out of China, and if they if they if they can strong arm strong arm you to not being able to release over there, you you're gonna think about it. Which shitty situation, but it's also the reality of the situation. Mm. Even after after the meme was pulled, they're still like disallowing this whole game, even though uh-huh. it's maybe like, like a yeah, bad yeah. choice by one little like you know part of the development team or whatever, just to put a little Easter egg meme in there. And I mean, as you said, like Steam pulled it a, almost a year ago now, coming up, I think, in February. They just announced earlier, a couple of weeks ago, that it's going over to uh, GOG. And GOG's like, yeah, no hard pass. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. That it's, you know, it's a few years old now, and it's still like, you know, it's still, I mean, I'm assuming, I'm only assuming that it's the Winnie the Pooh meme with like the, you know, he says like three different words or whatever, and he progressively gets like more intelligent. I'm assuming it's that one. I think it's that one. I haven't seen yeah. the meme because I don't want to open up the meme and then having some. I don't, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to. Listen, it's, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole. No. But, but my point was that's a dead meme now. Nobody cares about that meme anymore. <laughs> like, but, well, yeah, you would think. Oh yeah, meme, from, memes yeah. change month like monthly. Yeah. Within a month, it's a dead meme. <laughs> that I mean, well. That, I mean, if they've, they've got to do what they've got to do, I suppose. Yeah. A mad one, that. Well, anyway, yeah. I mean, well, thanks for bringing that to our attention, Jello, because let's say I, I no idea. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check out this game. It, it's I'll a shame because the game looks fun, and again, everybody who's touched it says it, it was a game of the year contender for 2019. Wow. For a horror game as well, that's got to be some feat. Yeah, that's got to be fairly impressive because horror games don't usually get a look in, really. Interesting. Uh, Very interesting. Shame. What's your story of the week? Um, I'm bringing. So obviously, we had the game awards last week um, before our last episode, which we didn't cover. Um, but I didn't. I didn't really want to go. I think everybody know. Everybody, all of our listeners know the game awards. They would have watched it. They would have seen it. I didn't want to cover that. But and the same night of the game awards, there was the uh, Disney stakeholders event. I think it was called. Can't remember. It was. There was a Disney thing that happened and they announced a fuck ton of shit yeah. <laughs> literally uh, i don't know if you guys have looked into the list of the, am- the amount of stuff they've announced um, well, that's coming to disney it. plus yeah. all i know is that so i was watching um <clears throat> the game awards and then i was sort of you know twitter on the side kind of thing and as like getting all these like star wars news and and uh, marvel news and stuff like that, i was like this is way more interesting than what's going on in the game awards <laughs> Eight <laughs> hey, load. So I've not. I won't read through the entire list because it's long, obviously. But I'll just pick out some of the um, some of the highlights. So you've got the uh, Disney Television Studios are doing a uh, Beauty and the Beast TV 
Cho, um, Mighty Ducks, Game Changers, which we which will take place directly after what? the third Mighty Ducks film. What? Yeah, a Mighty Ducks TV show, and um, so Emilio down. Estevez is back for it. Yes. Bombay. So that it's going to be like Cobra Kai, but all over again. Honestly, all over that. So <laughs> that's exciting. Um, they had a few more stuff, Turner and Hooch, um, and some other bits in there. There's five or six things for that. Um, a bunch of stuff in National Geographic. Uh, a load of stuff for Hulu and Star as well. The one that really caught my eye was Why the Last Man. Have you guys heard of Why the Last Man? Yes. Uh, no. Fantastic. I, I'm, just, I, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I, it's a fantastic gravel, graphic novel, Mike. Um, essentially about a disease that wipes out all men. So there's only women living in the world, with the exception of one man who for somehow survived. And it's the story of him surviving in this world of women but that it's not like normal everyday world now it's like gone into like an apocalyptic barbarian world oh, but with okay. women it's really and he has a pet monkey that sounds um, so far up your street mate. Really <laughs> yeah honestly the graphic novel is fantastic and i don't do it justice with that explanation but i mean i'm in yeah with that explanation alone there's a pet monkey I mean, women. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. It, it's really, it, it's a really good comic, and it, it's been in like development hell for years. It was supposed to be a movie, got shelved. It's been kind of just coming back. The fact that Disney's kind of taking it and moving it, so good. Very honestly, really excited for that. Um, and then moving f- Disney arms. <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, uh, moving through. There's some bits for Hulu, FX. They've announced four additional seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, um, that, the four more. Years. I knew that. Poster. I knew it'd be something that you would like. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Alien TV show, uh, another one called Shogun as well. And then we start getting into the big boys. So Lucasfilm, we've got Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah, Rangers yeah. of the New Republic, Ahsoka, Andor, Star Wars The Bad Batch, Star Wars Visions, Lando, Acolyte, Drew, Droid Story, uh, Willow, Rogue Squadron, the film, and Indiana Jones film, uh, Star Wars film by Taika Watiti. And Children of Blood and Bone. So that's a big old bunch from Lucasfilm. The pleasing thing, and I know that Mike, you'll enjoy this, um, is that most of the stuff they announced isn't going to be Jedi focused by the looks of it. Yeah, that's... They've, obviously, you've got Obi Wan and Ahsoka, but the rest of it is mostly non Jedi focused. Like, no offense, Jedi. <laughs> but I'm like, no, by all means. By all, here's like, by all means. I'm so like, burnt out use... with like fucking space wizards and shit, man. <laughs> I really had a massive falling out with the Star Wars recently when I played Fallen Order. I think I've, I think I talked about this on the show. Um, and I'm exactly the same. I was actually discussing this with a friend of mine this morning that after um, Episode Seven came out, I was like, I had completely fallen out of love with Star Wars. I was at a point where I was just, I was just tired of what they were doing. I just, I had no interest to the point that I still haven't seen Rogue One. I just had no interest in what Star Wars was doing. And it's only because of The Mandalorian that it's got me back into Star Wars again because of how The Mandalorian's handled the universe as opposed to just handling Jedis. Yeah. Um, so that's a pleasing selection. Um, we then go on to Walt Disney Studios, Motion Pictures. They announced a load of stuff. Hocus Pocus 2, A Free Men and the Baby reboot, uh, a new sister act film of which Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg is on board for. Nice. Which is exciting. Uh, yeah. Pinocchio, Peter Pan. All those, like, 80s greats. Oh, it's like, absolutely great. Like, it's so good. I'm so into that. It, 
it really is. Um, there's a load of other stuff in there, but I'm not going to go for all of those. Some Walt Disney animation stuff, um, just, including... Just before we go forward, Jedi, have you got anything to say on the, all the Star Wars noise? Um, uh, just one more thing kind of crept out of there um, that they, they announced after the shareholder uh, thing was uh, a Boba Fett TV show coming next year. Yes. I did see Boba that uh, separately, the, yeah. The book of Boba I, Fett. So I'm excited for that. Uh, out of all of that, I would say the most thing, the thing I'm most excited for is uh, the TV show that takes place in the High Republic era. I know it's more uh, Space Wizards, but we've never seen anything from that time. So uh, g- give the keys to Filoni and uh, Favreau. That's all. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm super, I, I mean, there's a lot in that list that I would say about. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that is all. <laughs> there's a lot in that list to get excited about. Um, so yeah, working through, we've also got a Zootopia TV show, uh, Moana, there's loads of bits from the sort of animated studio, some more Pixar films, a, a Buzz Lightyear film, uh, some more other bits that I don't really care about. And then we get a live Marvel. action Buzz Lightyear film, isn't it? No, no, it won't be live action. It's going to be an animated film that oh, tells that the shit? story of Buzz. Oh, right. Okay. Pre, I think I, pre I, Buzz. I think I misread something, probably a meme. I don't think it's live. I mean, it might be live action, but I don't think it is. But I think you probably saw something else. Um, <laughs> and then looking at the titles or like mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the news is from memes, the memes alone. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, obviously, LucasArts is one hand to their big, absolute, ridiculous conglomerate of stuff. And in the other hand, they've got Marvel. And they announced a shit ton of Marvel stuff as well. Yeah. Secret Invasion, Iron Heart, which I am extremely excited about. Um, Armor Wars, One Division, which we already knew about. Uh, a Loki trailer, the What If stuff, She Hulk, Moon Knight, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy Holiday Special, which I'm curious about. Yeah, Moon Knight, I'm really excited about because I really like the idea of these, like, sort of almost B list superheroes getting, like, some limelight yeah way into it yeah definitely a fantastic four film they're rebooting fantastic four so that's going to be interesting to see how they handle that (laughs) yeah but it's now being it's being handled this time by people that actually know what they're doing when it comes to superhero (laughs) films um yeah that's a low bar to 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 pass exactly and four stick or whatever the hell the last one was called (laughs) exactly um black black panther 2 captain marvel 2 blade um but they did confirm so a couple of bits they confirmed specifically was that uh they won't be recasting um in black panther 2 with regards to chadwick boseman yeah um which is i I think the best move that they they play that out correctly i imagine there's going to be some sort of tribute to him um in the film but Mm -hmm. yeah for, for me ironheart I am so excited about Ironheart. I'm a huge Iron Man fan, and Ironheart just excites me a lot. Yeah, I think so. Probably the only decent way to go with with Iron Man's story now in the MCU. Well, I was actually looking into something, and um, it was talking about how the first generation of the MCU has almost everybody is handed it handed over now to someone else. So mm-hmm. obviously Cap's handed over to Falcon. Um, Black Widow's handed over to this new girl in her new film where she's going to be handing over. Um, and you, as you work through the list, like everybody's handed over to someone next in line. Yeah, yeah. 
Iron Man has handed over to Peter, but him handing over to Peter doesn't make sense. And also, unless of a new deal sort out, Spider Man won't be staying in the MCU forever. Yeah. So they need they need a a true handover for Iron Man, someone who can take over from his presence. Um, and Iron Heart is the perfect fit for that. It's a great opportunity for them, and it's also a great opportunity for them to separate Peter Parker from Iron Man, which they desperately need to do. Um, but yeah, so Des- Disney just literally came in and went, ah, oh, fuck the Game Awards. We want to announce about 50 things in one night and just absolutely blow up the internet. Uh, so it's, here's all the Star Wars, here's all the Marvel, and here's everything in between that we own. Yeah. <laughs> literally. And there was a couple of sports stuff and stuff as well. So they even they literally had everything for everyone in that, in that night. Um, so yeah, just... I'm very... It's, very exciting if you're a Disney fan. Just quickly on the Game Awards, is there any memorable moments from that that anyone remembers? Um, I mean, <laughs> every, every every game they showed was like a Back for Blood ish, Left for Dead ish gameplay uh, that trailer. That was right. Yeah, that was the. Big I mean, the, was, only, the only thing I really the, cared about was the mass, the new Mass Effect game yeah. coming out, but they didn't really show anything. Yeah, this is what I was about to say. The only memorable thing was the bit I fell asleep on that I had to watch the next day, which was. <laughs> Mass Effect. Um, I mean, that and Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark was exciting. That was exciting, actually, Perfect Dark. I and mean, they, they, they watched the show with that, so it was all downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Have you seen the information around Mass Effect with the, uh, the Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 veterans have come back to Bioware for yeah. the new Mass Effect, which is interesting. Um, we know it. we saw Liara in the trailer. Is Liara, isn't that her name? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, we saw her in the trailer. So it's looking like it's potentially set back in the Milky Way again and not off in Andromeda's territory. I think uh, the director was saying that potentially there's going to be both. Interesting. And you do see some other figures behind them, what looks like potentially like a Krogan, what looks like the one that the other guy is that I can't remember his name of. Solarian, maybe? Yes, that's the one I'm thinking of. Um, uh, Garrus, is it? Yeah, that's it, Garrus. Sexty Garrus. Uh, and obviously digging out the N7 badge, potentially rehashing over areas that have been before, but from a new future take. So it's going to be interesting where they take it and how they take it. And don't... Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the sound at the beginning of the trailer the noise that the Reapers make? It, it was. So that, potentially uh, mm-hmm. alluding to the return of the Reapers. Yeah. Which is my only, really interesting. My only issue with like more Mass Effect is I have lost all faith with Biota after like the last couple of games that they brought out. It's just been huge flops. Yeah. No, that, that, that's like, been kind of a shame for them. Uh, <laughs> should not, I be I excited mean, about this? To say. <laughs> the thing is like, I get it, and um, when we get into what we've been playing in a minute, we're going to be talking about another company that has let us down recently. But, <laughs> um, but then we've also had experiences in the last 10 years of companies that have turned it back around. Ubisoft, for example, with uh, the Assassin's Creed franchise, are doing some fantastic work to turn that franchise back around yeah, and to start fixing the fuck-ups they've made over the last 15, 20 years. Um, no, I totally I mean, agree with that. Like they can turn it around, and the, you know, yeah, exactly. It could just if, be like a couple of bad games, and then a great game. But it's just like a it, bad taste in the mouth, and it sort of thing. Yeah, 
And I think a lot of it's going to come down to how EA manages Bioware and whether Bioware are left to be Bioware and do what they do best or whether other entities, EA, (laughs) stick their nose in and demand other things. Because we know that causes issues and Jedi, you might be able to speak on that more. But we know in the um, the Bungie Activision um, acquisition was like what deal was a prime one where Bungie literally said we broke away from Activision because we wanted to create freedom. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it just shows that those companies that are publishing do obviously have a a stake in the creativity of these developers. So if EA pulls out a little bit and lets Bioware get on with it, maybe we'll get the game that we want. Just maybe. I mean, the Just... the, the, perf- the perfect kind of uh, parallel for that is you look at uh, Lucasfilms for what they did for the, the trilogy. They had way too much overhead from uh, basically the big, big uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Those three movies that came out were hot garbage. <laughs> but Kathleen Kennedy yep. and Lucasfilm kind of stepped back and said, you know what, we'll, we'll go ahead and let Mandalorian do its own thing. And it's been like, oh, cool. People that know what they do can do really good things without me fucking up. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. Um, so on on the note of uh, companies fucking up, let's let's get into what we've been playing. And uh, <laughs> I'll I'll start us off this week because <laughs> it will segue in quite nicely because I've been playing Cyberpunk and it's not gone down quite well. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The most anticipated launch of the year has probably been the most fucked up launch of the year. And to be honest, the way 2020 has gone. I'm not at all surprised. <laughs> um, this is so, so 2020 of you, Cyberpunk. This is, uh, yeah, it's just get be original for God's sake, Cyberpunk. <laughs> like fucking following the rest of the year. Um, so I'm. I mean, I'm not. Firstly, I'm not hugely far through. I'm about 20 hours in. I'm playing on a PS5, and it's obviously the PS4 edition because there isn't a PS5 version. Um, and I'm not going to go into all of the details of what's happened with the company and all the ins and outs, because I know that Ryan has released the triple XP blog today, which covers most of that anyway. So I don't want to rehash over that ground when you can go and read it in our blog. Yeah, go read it. Um, do, don't go and read it. Cause it's actually a really good write up around it. Um, and he's actually completed the game as well. So he's given his opinions from his, from what he's played. And I know that he's had a lot more issues than I have as well. Um, but yeah, it's had a rocky launch. That's, that, that, I mean, it's probably the nicest way to say it. My f- firstly, first impressions of the, bo- of the actual um, case, because I got the physical edition, fantastic. It came with maps. It came with, like, I mean, it came with like books and maps and compendiums and cards. And it was literally like being back in the PS2 days where you get like shitloads of stuff with it. And you're just like, well, why do I need this map of GTA San Andreas that oh, yeah. I'm never going to look at? <laughs> <laughs> like it literally has all that shit in there. And it's, which was really nice actually. Cause it was like, you, you, you clearly care about your fans to give them all this extra stuff. And that yeah. was in a standard edition. I didn't buy any extra editions, any deluxe editions. I just went for the pure standard and it still came with all this extra bits of paperwork and compendiums and stuff, which was quite nice. I'm, I'm all um, for that shit in, in games. Like, I miss like the instruction books and all these, Yeah, like, and the artwork. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the artwork is that's great. That's just like pure nostalgia for me because it, it's like you get a brand new game, 
you'd, you know, you'd, it'd be like your ritual to like sit on the back of the bus going home and, and read the instruction book on your way yeah, home. Yeah, definitely. Kid, like, was the thing. So I unwrapped it and I was like, yeah, my hopes are really high because like, look at all this cool stuff they've given me. Like, I'm really into this. <laughs> um, and then I immediately, about five seconds later, being a, now being a fully grown adult and not a child, went, what the fuck am I going to do with all this shit they've sent me? <laughs> um, so yeah, I know, loaded it up, started it off. For, on the PS5, it runs well enough. Um, I don't have any major frame rate issues. Um, I've had a few glitches here and there. The, you know, the odd thing like a floating briefcase or a cigarette stuck in the air. Um, the worst glitch, I, like the worst bug I had, which was very annoying, is quite early on you get like a tutorial mission. Um, and it's, you go into like this, uh, like almost like a VR world to do this tutorial mission. And one of them involves you having to sneak up to a window and highlight three enemies and it tells you how to tag the enemies well the tagging refused to work but you also couldn't leave the tutorial there was no way out no way. you couldn't that you couldn't press pause and like quit you could there was no door to leave that you were either you tagged them or you just sat there and you couldn't leave and the only way i could get out of it was to go back load into a save pre that training mission and just not do it and just skipped it because it turned out that it was an optional training mission i just didn't realize um so i just never did that training because it just it didn't work uh, i've had two crashes two full playstation like come out of the system send off to cdpr crashes um annoyingly and it or interestingly, as uh, Jedi might be more interested in, in this specifically, the crashes only seem to appear, for me at least, when I'm playing main story missions. I, out of the 16 hours, every single time I've done a side quest or some sort of side mission, it's been happy as days. Nothing's got majorly gone wrong. Yeah, there's been, like say, the odd floating thing, but no major crashes or stuttering. The minute I load into a main story quest, quest crashes instantly. Just, um, it's very weird <laughs> i literally like i had my first crash probably about four or five hours in and i didn't have another crash until i was playing yesterday and i'm at the, i was at the 16 hour mark so over 10 hours worth of gameplay without a single crash and i i hadn't done a single story mission i just done side stuff and i went oh i'll give this story mission a go literally walked through the door to speak to the person and it crashed before I even had a chance to open the conversation. That's how quickly, as soon as it was like, Oh, you're loading to a story mission, turning you off. <laughs> it was very strange, very strange. Um, but don't get me wrong. I'm having a, I am enjoying the game. I'm having a good time with it. It's not as long as I was expecting from what I've read and from what I've heard from Ryan, the, the main campaign's only about 30 hours long. Um, so you can, you can, if you quit half it, you will actually be able to complete this one, Mike. Um, well, I mean, it takes about 30 hours to get to the, the Red Baron in Witcher, doesn't it? Before you reset and start again. For the last boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> um, and then the side stuff, I mean, the side stuff's fine. It, it's fairly quick, fairly simple. The, the one thing I really, really, really hate is the trophy setup. So the trophies are linked to... So you've got like a selection of different side quests 
So you've got gigs, which are just like these very quick little mini missions. So you'll turn up somewhere and your fixer will call you and say, oh, by the way, there's this mission here. Can you go and do it? And they usually take no more than five to ten minutes tops, depending on whether you want to go and stealthy or like me. You just walk in with a double barrel shotgun and murder everyone. Because <laughs> why, why stealth when I... <laughs> exactly. Why stealth when I can literally walk through the front door with a double barrel shotgun and just walk through them all? Just blasting them away um and then you've got like the core side missions which take a bit longer you've got um uh these like and these are the ones that are annoying you've got like these police scanner missions that aren't missions they're essentially like a crime is happening in the city so it'll just be like a mugging's happening or yeah, something like that an assault's happening like your spider-man so you, crimes kind of thing it's just yeah to so where you are and yeah exactly so you just go and kill everyone there and then it's job done um but so they're all on the map but for so there's like five or six main areas and to get the each trophy for each area you have to have completed every single crime plus all the side missions jesus the crimes are boring i only ever do them if i'm physically like passing them i'm not going to seek out some random people (laughs) committing a quiet like if I'm passing them, I jump out my car and whip out the shotgun and murder them all. But I'm not going <laughs> to seek them out. It's a waste of my time. So I'm never trophy in this game. Um, but apart from that, combat feels really good. Combat's really pleasing. Um, as I say, it's fairly smooth. The world it feels really well built. Um, the voice acting's really good. So I'm really pleased with all of that. And I'm really enjoying all of that. I do have two main gripes, though, with the creation, like the, the actual main development of the game. And that is, A, there is far too much gear. The gear is in a situation where it is quantity over quality. And it's, you, can't, you can't make a build because within one kill, you'll find something better. But it's really frustrating in that you're finding the same gun you already have, but it's like plus with zero. With a higher number. Plus, yeah, but the number difference is like literally plus 0.01 better than the guns you have. And you honestly, you'll go into a side mission and you'll come out with six new guns and four new outfits that are all 0.01 better than what you've got on. So you're constantly just changing gear to the point that I just don't bother now. Yeah. I don't change gear unless if it's like a good five or six points higher than what I'm currently at. Um, but it's just constant. I absolutely constant. I've never had to sell so much fucking gear in a game in my life because i'm just constantly doing a mission running back to the vendor selling it doing a mission running back to the vendor selling it because otherwise i'll just be overweight within minutes um <laughs> and play, the other do you ever play borderlands <laughs> it exactly have, like borderlands. it's very much like that too much gear um and the other my other big issue with it um is the so i don't know what you guys remember from like the promotional stuff but it's the hacking feels so hollow and really sort of frustrating. So that the what we saw back in the development of the game was that the hacking you'd be able to do some like really cool stuff where you'd be able to like jack into people's heads and take information from them and like download maps and you'd be able to hack into turrets and make a decision whether you take over the turret or whether the turret goes into friendly mode or whether you can take the turret off and use it as a gun. None of that happens. None of that's in the game, as far as I can see so far anyway. I can hack people 
with a selection of skills that I have purchased so I can like turn off their eyes for a very short period of time. My favorite one is overheat, which just sets them on fire. I just do that a lot, set them on fire, uh, cause them to have like an electrical shortage. Um, there's one that's like memory wipe, which stops them from being in a combat phase. But they're all just like little mini quick hacks. And then you can also t- uh, hack doors to open them, or you can hack cameras, of which you can either turn them off or you can manually take over them and then just do the hacks that you can do normally on people, but from a camera instead of from you. Um, outside of that, there's no other major hacking element. There's these things you can jack into in the wall and it makes you do this annoying code puzzle to get some money and that's it. It it feels so hollow and so frustrating from what they showed and I know that things change in development and I get that. Um, My problem was, and I was talking to Ryan about this earlier, if there was more... I don't think that the um, advertisement for this game was, was honest. We've seen that from the fact that they knew they clearly knew that the PS4 and Xbox versions were trash and didn't show that at all and hid them from reviewers. And that's all covered in many, many articles out there. So there's a lot of stuff that they hid. Um, but there's, I think if they had advertised and shown what the game actually involves, I probably wouldn't have purchased it. I would have rented it because it sounds like it's, it's more of a rental, in my opinion. I kind of regret spending the money on it, but. That's to say, I, I give it a seven out of ten. I give it a solid, a solid seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will get better with fixes and stuff like. They're obviously working on it and pretty dedicated. Yeah. By the, the next, so. the next big fix is coming in January, to my understanding. Um, yeah. Is the one that they're talking about, but I mean, you know that it's had a bad launch when, and again, Jedi, you might be able to to bump in on this with some information from your knowledge, but when Sony has had to pull it from. The PlayStation Store. That's rare, isn't it? Yeah, that was a kind of yeah, huge thing. Yeah, you, you you don't hear about that. that no, that that doesn't happen. Once it's out, it gets it. Uh, the, the term is called fix forward. You 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 fix forward. You 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 fix it. You don't revert it. You can't pull it back. The fact they did that is just it just shows you how how utterly both you know CD Projekt Red failed, and also I would say also first party uh, Xbox and PlayStation failed in letting it go in and say yeah we'll trust you to fix all of these bugs it, it... yeah so the main, it's ridiculous the main issues are with consoles and specifically the previous gen now aren't they yes. what I've read uh, anyway. and low yes. and low end pc you still you have to have a pretty sort of decent pc to be able to get right. the best out of it but then that's the same with any game on pc you've got to have the best pc to get the best out of it sort of but the I don't know if this is true. I read this somewhere recently, and I can't remember where. But I read somewhere that Sony only takes something down from the store if the um, ret- refund requests or refund rate has exceeded more than half of the actual sales of the game. That might be some internal metric that they use, but as far as I know, I've, I haven't really heard of a game being pulled by Sony. Um, no, I can't oh. name another one in, that I've been aware of in the last no, 10 years. So that's just wild. And definitely not one of a high profile. Like, there, there may be the odd indie game that have been pulled, but I, I couldn't name a high profile game, a high triple, triple A profile game like this. 
Jedi, have, um, you, have you played Cyberpunk? So we played it a little bit for some uh, uh, to, to get some context on how they do some of the conversations because there's some cool mechanics and how they do that. But I did that for maybe an hour. I ran into several bugs, one of which was in the tutorial that uh, Shane was talking about. A- after every step, my character was looking at the ceiling and the camera was spinning for some fucking reason. Uh, so I- I- I'll come back to it when the bugs have been fixed uh, eventually. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot to fix them. There's gonna, they've got a lot to live up to to get that to where it needs to be. There is, and you know, not not, not to just completely dump on CD Projekt Red, but uh, did you guys ever remember uh, Saints Row Two? Uh, I, I don't know if you guys ever remembered the PC port that came out for Saints Row Two. Um, I remember Saints Row Two, but not the PC port. So yeah. the PC port was unplayable. They they took it from a 360 and put it on the PC. They still had it single-threaded, so even these massive computers were bottlenecking because they, they couldn't just do anything with any of the resources. And, you know, that was done by, I want to say, the, the main game was done by whoever the hell CD, uh, whoever um, did Saints Row 2. The port was done by CD Projekt Red, and they never fixed it. They said, take our name off of it because we don't want to be associated with a bad release like that. <laughs> and I think 10 years after that, like a few years ago, somebody else came in and fixed the port for them. So th- this isn't new for CD Projekt Red. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's especially not, it's not new if you knew about CD Projekt Red and you had been, like, been involved in playing their games previously. But I think particularly those of us like me and Mike who are generally more console-based, CD Projekt Red only really came on the scene for us with The Witch 3, which although had a bit of a buggy launch, I understand, it generally plays very, very well. So they had earned... a a pretty good standing amongst most gamers with yeah. The Witcher um, mm-hmm. to a point that they had earned quite a bit of respect and now they've essentially shat all over that. I think we just touched on this before saying about Bioware and, and their kind of like reputation of being like these amazing RPG creators come out with some bad games. Like I don't think anyone is like um, immune to this like you oh, know, no, bringing it, it, out a bad game. <laughs> it goes back to that... Um, that old phrase of it takes years to build respect, but only five minutes to destroy it. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's essentially what's happened here, isn't it? They're cyberpunk of uh, cyberpunk CDPR spent years building their respect with their, their fans and with reviewers and with developers. And then they've done one thing um, and they've done one thing very badly and it's destroyed their relationship with the gamers from what I've been reading, their relationship with the reviewers and potentially their relationship with Sony. <laughs> so, yeah, Inter- interesting one. But no, as I say, if you're willing to part with the bugs and you've got a good PC or a next-gen console, solid 7 out of 10. If you don't have those, probably best you wait. Is, is where I'd kind of leave it on that. And um, moving on then, Jada, what have you been playing? <laughs> so I really haven't had much time <laughs> to play uh, because of work, but I did get two games in this week that I've been able to play, and... Uh, you, you bring up CD Projekt Red, and I finally got into Witcher Three. Um, I, I think it, I've though. been in this. I, I've been in the same boat as uh, Mike, where I have played it. M- Mike talks about the Bloody Baron, and I was like, "Yeah, sure. I'm pretty sure I got to the Bloody Baron. I had never ever gotten to the Bloody Baron in any of the four <laughs> times that I had started. So this time, this time, I finally got there. And I, to me, I think the biggest problem for me was the the controls seemed so counterintuitive. I feel like yeah. certain like like. like Pressing X to jump, or it's it, the, the controls were just backwards to me, and it took a while to get used to them. But I'm finally into it. I'm enjoying it. 
you know, fuck the Bloody Baron. And uh, yeah, The Witcher is a great game so far, and I, I'm really finally glad that I gave it the time, and I'm really enjoying it. So you- I actually am going looking forward to playing it when the because there's they're doing like a PS5 upgrade for it. They are, um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, hopefully that works. But <laughs> I purchased <laughs> the Game of the Year edition back when it was like a tenner on sale and it's just waiting in my downloads for the the free ps5 upgrade and then i'm just gonna give it another go and try and get past the bloody baron jedi did you get past the bloody baron i did i got past him uh so you finished the game (laughs) i'm in i'm in the post game (laughs) um you're in the end game now yeah and and it's funny because i played that and everybody and this is one of the games that i was streaming everybody else said that they handled the bloody baron differently and they got a different outcome than me so i feel like that's that's one of the cool things about the the witcher game that i'm probably going to play again is just all those different outcomes and it it, it's fun so far and it it blows my mind that cd project red released what they did for the next game but we're done with that game (laughs) uh the other game i've been playing is yakuza like a dragon and i want to play this so bad I have never played a Yakuza <laughs> game, and somebody who is a friend of ours will probably shit on me for that uh, because they're good games. Uh, that said, this is my first touch on Yakuza. I heard it's different than other mainline games in terms of mechanics. It is such a funny game. It is such a serious game. The mechanics are so good. That it is such a fun game, and I am so happy that I'm playing this one. This one is just amazingly fun RPG, and I'm having a blast with it. Honestly, it looks so good. I've, so I've played one of the Yakuza's, and I played Judgment. Um, and I, the minute I saw the new like RPG mechanics, I, I am so excited to play this game. I, the only reason I haven't is begin because there's a PS5 version coming out in March of next year, so I'm kind of just going to wait for that. Yeah, and but, I think that's what the, the version I'm playing is on the, the Series X, so I get the the, the next gen one. So I'm, I'm I'm happy with that. Just yeah, I, I can't wait for you to play. It. I can't wait to talk to you about it because there are just so many things that I am just laughing my ass off with this game. It, it is so funny. And then on the same note, the next mission will be just a drop dead serious one. I'm like Jesus Christ, this has got <laughs> dark. It, it's 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 really good. Amazing. I, the thing I've from what I've seen in like trailers and like uh, I've tried to keep clear of like Twitch gameplay or anything for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But um, the summons just get me. Just the fact there's like giant like crawfish just fucking flying Balls out of the, the sky. <laughs> just, and, it's and just I the best. Gotten... I haven't gotten to the summons yet, but I do have my party, and it, it's just the, the characters. It, it they, they they married the two crazy elements of Yakuza and that RPG together so well. It's awesome. So isn't like so excited. Uh, you have like a uh, different classes and stuff, and one of the classes is like a wizard, but he's like a like a hobo or something. Yes, uh, <laughs> one, one yes, one of your characters is a homeless person, and he is ama- He's the he's your healer. He's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> just everything about this game sounds incredible it's so good I'm, I'm so glad i got it i feel like it's a sweet spot between like completely ridiculous and super dark <laughs> yeah it, 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 it rides that line it's great just we, we all need a little bit of completely fucking mental but we also want a grounding story and that that is exactly <laughs> that incredible and those what? are the two games that i've been playing recently Oh, I'm glad you're enjoying that, Mike. What have you uh, What have you been playing then? Um, I've had a I've had a troublesome week, to be fair, because my uh, PS4, the one you know, the one console that I've been holding on to, just wishing that I had a PS5, completely crapped out on me. Oh, um, no. As I was like, just getting into Persona Five, 
Uh, when you say just getting into, how far in were you? Uh, about 10 hours. I know that's like literally just... You're still like in the tutorial. The first lick <laughs> of the lollipop, isn't it? Like Literally. <laughs> but um, you're, you're 10% in. Yeah, not even that. But, um, but what I played, uh, really good. Great storytelling. Um, it's one of those where you'll um, actually sit and like listen because I tend to like skip through a lot of text when it's you know there's a lot of text heavy sections in it but I'll, yep. I'll actually sit and like you know it actually pulled me in and um, which is rare for like an RPG like that and it's very anime based which isn't my thing but I know like Sarah and, and like you Shane you've been like a massive ad- advocate of this game so I was like right, I'll give it a go because I've been I have been waiting for the, the PS5 to come back in stock, which seems like it will never happen. Um, so I like delve back into my backlog, getting those like, um, you know, these ten out of ten, nine out of ten games that I've just not finished. Um, so yeah, I mean, one one of the games on the list here definitely is not a backlog game. No, <laughs> no, there's, there's a few here because <laughs> <laughs> I got rentals as well, so I got a rented some new ones. Uh, but my main my main game and then was Persona Five and I've been playing like um, a bit of Control on the sort of side and I managed to actually finish that and get the platinum, um, which is a, a real struggle. Yeah, it's just it's such a good game, and I, I'm I'm really excited for like the PS Five upgrade version because I think it'll fix the issues with it. Well, hopefully, anyway, is that every time you pause the game or look at the map or try to change weapon it just every time you do anything literally anything um towards specifically towards like the last section the last two missions um it's just so like the frame rate is literally like a slideshow um it's it's awful towards the end it's so bad but um you know i got to go through run through the ashtray mage again the second time which is such a cool moment it's it's that's part of that game yeah it really like elevates that game it's so good um and then i played through the foundation dlc as well um i just left the alan wake or the awe whatever it's called um dlc i've I've not gone back to it because i got the platinum i was like i'm never playing this again it was just like (laughs) until it's fixed (laughs) Yeah, um, but I had a lot of fun playing that, and um, one of the rentals that I got, shout out to Boomerang, um, was Captain Tsubasa's Rise of a New Champion, or, you know, whatever the fuck, which is it's basically, it sounds like a the most random title, but it's essentially anime football, um, which, Shane, that's right up your street. Yep, it's like... <laughs> um, from what I've seen, it's literally like Dragon Ball Z meets football. <laughs> it just yeah, it's essentially that. So you you know you'll kick the ball and it'll like set on fire and then you'll, you know you shoot it through like the goalkeeper's hands and the goalkeeper's like you know doing that anime pose where he's like no trying to stop it. Um, There's that. There was a film, wasn't there? Shaolin Soccer. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's yeah. I was thinking of that Shaolin Soccer. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like that, but I, you know what? I, I absolutely hate it. I turned it on. I played it for like, um, it, it's kind of similar to Persona in the way that 
it just over tutorials you like it'll let you play the game but um it won't let you go any further until you learn how to pass or you learn how to like shoot appropriately or you know you have to get it right and perfect and it's just kind of i just want to play just let me get into a game and play and i'll figure it out but it's just like i really hated it <laughs> so i just turned it off and then <laughs> i sent it back like the other day and i also rented at the same time the remake of 13 which i got a long time ago on the 360 i believe or was it ps2 it could have been ps2 actually i think it was ps2 yeah i think it was um so it's like a cell shaded almost like comic book style spy shooting fps game um it runs like utter shite like worse than control um you can actually see like the frames like refresh as they go down the bar like like as you move it's it's awful it's so bad i just i got to like the second level i was just like nah this is i've had enough of this (laughs) i just turned it off started playing more persona um but other than that because it's been about two weeks since we've actually recorded a podcast i've started playing because my PlayStation 4 just crapped out on me. I started playing, um, I just regressed and just went back to like my, my childhood happy place and started playing Zelda again, started playing Breath of the Wild to get the Zelda feels. Um, make me feel better about not having any, any decent consoles. <laughs> but Is that why you've been watching that, uh, while you watch the Nintendo Direct with... Uh... Okay, boys, daddy's busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite thing in that whole that yeah. whole video. Daddy's busy. Go, go away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm, incredible. I'm a, I'm a Switch main now instead of a PS fanboy. I mean, to be fair, though, there's a lot of good games on Switch at the moment. I've got a massive backlog. And again, shout out to Of course Ryan. you do. <laughs> um, I've got some games to catch up on. So they're coming this week. I've literally just downloaded the demo for um, Bravely Default 2 on... Uh, I was looking at that last night. Yeah, I might. um, Because that... that I played the first one, and the first one's fantastic. So, yeah, give it a try. It's it's a really good um, RPG. Like a JRPG. If you're into RPGs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the Switch. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you're into the the more western skyrim rpgs but let's be yeah. honest it's all about jrpg over on the switch what i can't get over on the switch is the price of some of the sale games like some are like 8p it's just like why there is just yeah there's that for like eight pence there is one on there at the moment is. for 8p yeah i saw that yesterday yeah i was looking yesterday i was like maybe i'll, I'll pick this up and um there's an old sega classic called flashback i don't know if any of you ever played that um, I've heard of it on like the Sega Master System, um, and it was just this like two D, almost like puzzle solvey shooting game. Um, that's a really bad explanation of that game, but it's eighty <laughs> pence on there, and it's so good. It's well do worth we... picking up for eighty p. On the note, of the Switch question: Do we think that because obviously we've got the NES and the SNES now, haven't we? The like virtual consoles. Yeah. What, do you really reckon there's going to be an N64 virtual console on the Switch eventually? I mean, if they don't do an N64 Mini, you know, like the physical console, then they're missing a huge opportunity. Yeah, but as in, 
but is it a virtual one built into the Switch already as part of your month yearly payment or whatever it is? Yeah, I mean, that's the next step, right? Surely. I mean, I hope so, because I'll be honest, because like that's a, for, for us, that's like our childhood, isn't it? Like the NES and SNES are great, but I know I didn't play much of NES and SNES as a child um, because I was too young. Yeah. So mine for me it was the N sixty four was like prime for when I kind of was old enough to start really gaming. Um so yeah, I spent I spent a lot of time in the in the fields of Hyrule. I think that's why I'm regressing back to that now. It's just it's my happy place. <laughs> mm, interesting. Well, shit that your PS4 died. Yeah. Just your luck. You can't get a PS5, Mate, your PS4 dies. It really is. 2020 is the worst. The worst. <laughs> Absolute the worst. worst. <laughs> and that brings us into a perfect segue for our third chapter of the podcast, our third segment. Because 2020 has been the worst. The absolute worst. Um, and we want to round off 2020 at Triple XP with... A little bit of positive positivity towards 2021. And also, I was saying to someone the other day, wouldn't it be great if, like, dead on midnight and we go into 2021, that first one minute of 2021, COVID just disappears, all the world's problems just disappear, and it's just like, oh, the whole of 2020 was just a joke, mate. I'm just trying to <laughs> fuck you over. <laughs> so, well, yeah, exactly. But no, but on a serious note, looking forward to 2021. So... Firstly, the big question: Will Mike get a PS Five? Uh, yeah. What, what are we thinking? <laughs> yes, no, I, I don't think you ever will. I think every time you try, they're just they're going to be out of stock hey, for life. I thought we were being positive here. <laughs> yeah, we are. Don't this is a will. downright attack. <laughs> so, so I think the first time he gets a box with a PS Five, it'll be a box of rocks. And I think the second time he gets one, it'll be broken. The third time, absolutely, he'll get it. It'll be it'll be there. End, end, end of year twenty one, calling it. It'll be December the twenty first, twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's when I, he gets it. I, I can't imagine he won't have one by the time Horizon, uh, the next Horizon comes out. No, no. But in all seriousness, I mean, I do hope you manage to get one early next year when stocks. They're saying that they're hoping that stocks are going to balance out within the first three or four months of next year, aren't they? So hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully I mean, swing, things like swing the, your way. Eventually, the um, scalpers will get bored of earning all of this extra money, I'm sure. <laughs> well, have you seen that the UK Parliament is trying to um, put a law in place? Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. that basically, Jed, I don't know if you've seen this, but the UK government is looking to put a uh, some legislation in place that basically means you can't resell your console privately so all the, so that scalpers physically can't sell consoles yes it will stop people who want to legitimately sell their old console um but it would that's a, a small number but yeah. It, yeah anyone who tries to sell a console online it, they want to make it be enforced that you can't do it yeah I which mean, is um scalping's not a new issue is it really it's I think it's just no, capitalised but... at the, the, the with uh, you know COVID and stuff that people actually can't go out and get a physical one because all the shops are shut. 
I th- it's not just that though, is it? It's also the element of the fact that they uh, they use bots, and yeah, it's yeah, yeah. so easy to fake your identity online. Like you can have hundreds of email addresses and bots running different email addresses, so that because even stores that's like, oh, it's only one per customer. Well, there are ways around that online because you haven't got to stand in front of someone and prove your. It's not like you've got to turn up in a moustache and then turn up in a moustache and glasses and <laughs> yeah. a different trench coat. Like it's <laughs> queuing up in a different outfit every time, oh, yeah. like some sort of comedy spy gag. Um, <laughs> online, you can just put in a different email address and then boom, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You've got yourself a second one, and you can just keep re- rinse and repeating that. Um, but anyway, yeah, mo- uh, like moving on. What so Jedi? What what are you hoping that, or what are you looking for 2021 to bring for yourself first? What What are your views and hopes for 2021? Ooh, um, you know what i I, I want to say I want 2021 to start coming back to some normalcy here, right? But I don't see that happening until the second half. Um, honestly, for me, uh, I want to start seeing my family again. I haven't seen them in over nine months. And I feel like I'm missing out on some quality gaming time with my brother who he's been like, sure, he's like a couple of cities away, but I just, I, I feel like I need to get that in. And one of the cool things about most of the games that have come out in 2020, and even some of the ones that are big coming out in 2021 is a lot of them are multiplayer. So I can actually still try to get that in. Uh, but still, uh, I think I want to try and get some of that in for, for 2021. And I think it'll happen. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny you say, uh, a couple of cities over because had this conversation in January been in January of 2020 a couple of cities wouldn't have meant anything but now a couple of cities feels like my, like literally impossible to get to yeah like the, the whole meaning of a couple of cities away just is just completely different now to what it was 12 months ago it, it truly is and it you know i feel so spread out from like you know uh, a little context about me uh, early last year i was up in northern california my family's been down in southern california i am now back down in southern california and i feel farther away from them than i did when i was up in northern california just because i you know i, I can't i can't say i'm going to take a weekend and go see my family it's it's it, it's wild man yeah yeah yourself hey, um, mike what what are your hopes what you're hoping for in 2021? Um, I mean, bringing it back to games, like, I, you know, I just want these AAA titles that we've been getting, um, you know, specifically from Sony. So when I do eventually get a PS5, which I will, um, you know, there's some amazing stories just just ready to be told. Like, um, you know, you got Horizon, which got a great, you know, such a great um, theme to it, and uh, you know, God of War is coming, and then um, I know uh, Dr- uh, Druckman, Neil Druckman um, from uh, the Last of Us team, Naughty Dog. Um, he tweeted out that you know it was the end of his work year, and he's looking forward to future projects. So, me being a, like a massive fan of that, then I'm I'm pretty excited to see what they're coming out with next. You know, Naughty Dog. Are, probably the one of the best you know devs out there at the minute um i don't know if that's a hot take or not but um i don't think it's necessarily a hot take i think a lot of people would agree with that i mean they did just win a lot of awards <laughs> True, yeah yeah which i stayed up till 3 a.m to find out that the last of us two won <laughs> which i could have called it 
I think we all yep. called that. Um, but yeah, just, you know, getting a PS5, you know, obviously like, you know, I want to see family and stuff like that. But um, the great thing about this year, like 2020, has been, because um, we have like quite a quite a tight-knit group of friends now on, um, you know, that we've all met together through XXP and, um, you know, streaming in general and stuff. And um, just like a shout out to like, every one of those people in, in that, in that discord now that like, we're all almost like best friends. You know, we speak to each other every day. Um, so yeah, just, it's a great community we've, we've built. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously I get, I get married like next year as well, hopefully. Um, so yeah, there's that to look forward to, um, which is a big party, which quite a few of the, team are invited to as well so that should be pretty good but yeah just, but just the, uh, um i was gonna say, just gonna say as well like um just being integral that like that this group discord group has been to like my mental health personally like you know having someone there to check in with every day um and having like game nights like we do most fridays where we'll you know we'll wrap up an episode and then you know, we'll jump on like Among Us and, you know, play into like two, three in the morning, stuff like that. And, you know, just having a really good time with these like new social games that have come out with like Among Us and, um, you know, Fall Guys and things like that. These big, almost like f- practically free games that come out and, uh, you know, really easy for everyone to be able to play. Especially now that Among Us is going on, is on Twitch. Yeah, which I picked up the other day, and it's a lot harder than it is on mobile, weirdly. But um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to more of these like social games and stuff that we can all play together. Um, but yeah, just just grateful that I've met all of you and that. So yeah, there's oh, my making making me all mushy. I know I'm being nice. What? Oh God, I'm up. I don't I don't like it. Get mushy. Neither do I. Neither do I. It's just it's upsetting. No, but um, no. Then. I mean, I, coming off the back of what you were just saying, one of the things I am most excited for is the weddings of next year, 2021, your wedding. Um, I know there's a lot of us that are able to move. Well, hopefully, should COVID be okay, yeah. there will be hopefully a lot of us that will be able to travel and come and see you guys. So that would be really nice. Um, also... Another member of the Triple X team, Max, has also got his wedding next year, so that's also exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got another two friends that are getting married, potentially three friends that are getting married next year. So there's a lot of <laughs> weddings on my calendar next year. So I'd really like COVID to not be cancelling people's weddings. That would be fab. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that'd be fabulous. The yeah, but yeah, going back to the like when you're looking at gaming. Um, I agree that it'll be. I, I just want to see this year has obviously changed the face of gaming a lot in the industry in in different ways. And those social games, which a year ago, like Among Us, came out what a year or two ago, didn't it? And barely did barely touch the sides. And then this year, it's just exploded. Yeah. Um. And I want to see more of those social games being developed, like more social games coming out that we can get involved in um and also like cyberpunk's a prime example the avengers game 
um bioware and what they've done recently and just i think 2020 because of everything that's been going on in everybody's personal life and with the coronavirus and with um things that have been going on around the world with say like black lives matter and all the other like things that have happened this year the forest fires and everything that's gone on people's tolerances are at their probably at their lowest for yeah taking shit and i think the video games industry is feeling that from game fans um we're we're at a point now where i think a lot of fans are are less willing to take shit from companies now um and hopefully that will help i i don't want it to be an aggressive and a negative view to companies because i know particularly towards developers because they're obviously working their ass off and like say going back to the cdpr thing it's not the developers that i'm angry at it's the big wigs and the company that making the decision to force the game out when it clearly wasn't ready but hopefully this year will help push those companies to go maybe we should think twice before we try and fuck over our fans because it's not going to go down well um yeah that kind of kind of the positive outlook i i want to see is the negativity of this year help positively move the industry forward yeah. and i get to go lo- loads of weddings <laughs> loads of weddings. that's the main loads thing of games please <laughs> loads of weddings and games i also um and i can't go into details but i do start a new job in the beginning of the new year so i'm quite excited about that with this so, new job can we unleash jb no <laughs> well, so, what's, the, what's, the, what's the point of this new job then <laughs> it's, it's within the same industry and organization so no we cannot unleash jb <laughs> um but i go into a more training coaching role which will be nice to do something a bit different it's monday to friday and i get to impart my knowledge onto <laughs> onto nice new for recruits nice <laughs> uh, nice nice for, for me <laughs> nice for me um but talking about the tolerances this year how and i mean this question both me and mike will have opinions on but jedi you're probably going to be able to put forward the best view how do you see the game industry changing and developing off of the back of 2020 and the year that it's been for the industry both with the things that have gone wrong and the tolerances but also with the the very very massive push for a lot of companies to go to a, a more agile and work from home format what do you see being changes that are going to stick that have had to come in this year or changes that companies are going to be looking to making to the within the industry over the next 12 months sure so i mean we've already seen some of it like the work from home stuff i have talked to a lot of the companies uh that i've interviewed with over the past year because uh you know i'd say once the covid went down i did lose my job initially and i had a lot of interviews before where i got to where i'm at work from home is becoming more acceptable because the whole idea of yeah no we can't support a work from home uh culture and keep moving forward that's kind of been disproven because we're able to do that that said i don't i don't think it's gonna be widespread adopted because there is something to be said about a game in crunch or a game coming towards the, uh, the end of the finish line and having the team together, reducing the amount of friction for getting bugs reported, getting bug fixes in, getting things over to QA. There, there is something to be said about that. 
I think there's going to be a lot more leniency and a lot more um, tolerance for what is acceptable for working from home in that environment. But there's going to there's, there's going to be a middle ground. So in terms of getting games out that are a higher quality, so you don't have like a, a cyberpunk release. I want to say the optimist in me will come out and say, yeah, things are going to change. The developers are going to focus more on getting quality over than over just getting a game out for the sake of uh, executives. That said, this year was Cyberpunk. Last year was Anthem. The couple of years ago before that was uh, No Man's Sky. So this happens every year. I don't yeah. know how much is going to change from getting executives out of getting the say in when a game gets put to market uh as opposed to you know just having the gamers or not the gamers but the, the developers say yes our game is now ready i i, I just don't see that because it, it it hasn't changed three years now in a row we've had a a big high profile game come out that's just been like ooh, how did that get out how how did that happen let's change it, it i'm just happy that i can say that i work for companies that value putting a good product out over just putting one out for the sake of it interesting michael have you got any anything you want to throw in on that um i was just going to say like do you think that covid had a, a part in um you know the cyberpunk bugs and fixes and stuff do you think cause i know um, we talked about this previously jedi that um when you're like testing a game you you are literally sat next to the tester mm -hmm. and that one person's coding one person's testing and you kind of bounce right off each other sort of thing so um you know do you think covid's affected that kind of thing and that's why sort of um cyberpunk's so buggy i wholeheartedly uh think that covid had something to do with it uh you know the, the example that you say is, is 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 that's the example there were plenty of times where you know, every game that I've worked on, every game that any developer works on, there's always going to be one bug that is just gnarly to reproduce, but it just completely breaks everything. And the easiest way to go ahead and get that resolved is to sit the tester right down next to you, run the game on your console, have them reproduce it, and then just keep adding more log statements, adding more log statements. Working from home, you have to talk to the tester from two different places you have to rebuild send them the build this takes time this takes what was maybe you know maybe a day's worth of back and forth next to a, a tester to something that turns into a week-long process for one bug so that definitely elongated bug fixing for this team I, I can guarantee you that yeah interesting so um but t i mean talking about covid while we're on the subject of this um the changes to the industry because of covid would you do you think there's a lot of positives that have come out of covid with regards to companies because you did mention about proving that agile working isn't uh, in fact impossible as a lot of companies previously believed it is and i know that i know for my organization that i work in and a lot of our friends have all that a lot of their companies have realized that it's plausible. Do you think there's been positives on the video game industry with regards to that? I think so. I think there, uh, and you know, a lot of the things that I have heard from interviewing with several places that, you know, and these aren't just startups, these are actually big companies. They are more concerned about how the team is coming in, how the team fits into the culture, how 
how we're working in this state and understanding, okay, getting the best out of developer doesn't just mean coming, getting them, dropping them right next to anybody into an office. It means how can we get the most out of them? How, how can we get them to work with us, even if it is remote or even if it is um, any other kind of way, part-time remote or something? I think COVID has opened up companies to the eyes of seeing the people as more than resources and, oh shit, these people actually have issues. A lot of stuff is affecting them outside of the world. How can we work with them and how can we make sure that, you know, we're not just numbers and, and uh, resources, we're actually a team and we understand and can actually help each other. Has there been, and uh, again, I'm curious because I look at my own industry and how um, the agile working from home has affected that. Has there been more, at least in your work, um, flexibility? Whereas before, say, for example, you were Monday to Friday, nine to five, um, and then you had to stay late if you know had bugs or whatever you had to sort out. Has being able to work from home and potentially being able to say, well, actually today, lads, I'm gonna I'm gonna start at ten or eleven, but work through till seven, eight at night. Have you had that opportunity or ability to move your to be a little bit more agile with your work and work towards your schedule a little bit better? There's certain things that we've been able to do. Um, I would say that there still needs to be a core set of hours every day that people have been in the office and working together. I think we have four to six hours that overlap everybody you need to be in for these hours because these are meeting times. These are times when we go over uh, code reviews, build reviews, demos, big meetings to kick stuff off. So there needs to be that set time. But you know, shifting that, whether it's up four hours so you can get off early or start late, yeah, that, that, that's absolutely there. And you'll, you'll even hear from other studios even before the pandemic, a lot of studios will be like, yeah, come in, do your eight. Just make sure that you hit up meetings, you're fine. Um, but more studios are trying to adopt that and understand what core hours are and how to adopt for that. That said, you're not going to have someone that's going to be like, eh, you know what? I think I'll just work Saturday, but not Monday. I, I, I haven't seen that. I don't think that's going to happen. So one, one last question around the, the sort of like hours and agile working situation. Um, have you, I mean, I don't know if you've had to do much with regards to having to stay late to get things fixed or anything like that. But obviously we know that crunch is a thing. We know that having to work longer hours to, cause you've got a big bug is a thing. Do you, from what you've experienced or do, do you believe that that's a more pleasant experience if you're able to do that from home? Or I think it's, just as bad. I think it's easier because you don't have to worry about transporting and going home and continue to work on this. I think it's more comfortable. You're in your environment. You're trying to test or fix something. You can easily walk away, talk to your loved one, grab grab a bite to eat, whatever, and be right back at your desk. The only downside about it is if it is a critical bug like you're talking about, communication is key. And sometimes we're just working on running on Slack. And you send out an instant message and someone's not responding. You can't just walk over to their station and be like, hey, what's going on? What's the update? How are you doing? Do you need any, uh, do you need any assistance? I think that's the only downside. But the companies that I have been working with, the crunch that we have been doing, everybody has been online responsive. They've been owning their shit. There hasn't been any of that ball dropping. And I feel like people feel the crunch while, it's, while we're crispy. It's, it's not a death march, which I think is the thing that we were trying to achieve. Interesting. Mike, have you got anything you want to throw into this this pot? Um no. <laughs> no, I, think, I mean uh, I think I mean I don't, I can't really speak into like um you know game industry because I don't you know I've not I've never worked in there obviously. Um so 
yeah just um as regards to like industry changing and stuff i just kind of hope that you know things like um the um you know like the malicious practices like you know your loot boxes and things like that sort of eventually hopefully come to an end and and you know we start getting more solid actual like single player titles and and you know solid games where it's not just literally a shop with a game built on the side kind of thing that's just yeah definitely thought. that's what i'd like and, anyway and this is i mean i know obviously me and you have never worked in the industry and that's why i sort of wanted to bring some of these questions in today knowing that jedi was going to be with us um and as a, as my said i don't and have never have worked in the gaming industry um but i am working in a company that where i've been able to have a full home set up and do all my work from home now so i do understand um i can't go into the nature of what i do but i do understand of with regards to what you're saying jedi around having to get quick communication and um having people being online on their whatever relevant messaging service that your company uses and being it's the the one thing that I found from the the sort of work from home get up is it's about being visible while also you're not physically visible. Yeah. It's, uh, it's that finding that line. Yeah, exactly. And I think one company I used to work for, they actually, if you work from home, you have to be on a Google hangout every second that you're at home, which is making sure that you're visible. That's like the extreme. But honestly, it's really just being active, making sure that people know. When, when I started at this place where I'm at now, um, there was a criticism that I was uh, not there, not visible. And literally, I was doing all the stuff, but I wasn't chiming in in the chats. But once I got that feedback, I pepper everybody in chat. So everyone now knows that I'm on their shit and I'm there and I'm, I'm ready. But yeah, it, it's, it's making <laughs> no, sure like that. Fucking Jedi is too visible now. <laughs> just shut the coming fuck out, up, man. You know, but, but it, it really is that. It, it, it's a perception versus reality, and it's really hard when people are counting on you and any team member, and you're not. Someone isn't there raving their hands, saying, "Yes, I'm doing my work. Yes, I'm doing my job." There has to be a lot of trust in there, and you know, I think we found a good balance, and we're finding more of that balance. Yeah, interesting. I think, I think like now we have all the all the like, uh, you know, all the communication tools. It's just kind of how you use them. Yeah, like definitely. And talking about effective use of communication tools, um, a digital future. So one of the other things I wanted to bring up today is not just your views, um, both of your views, but also what your hopes are for the future of um, cons, like conventions and expos and things like that. Because obviously the E3 that we know didn't exist this year we don't know if it's going to ever come back in its similar format or a format games the games awards went to a completely digital format this year um the game the cologne game show did a similar thing uh, we know that blizzcon's going digital because that's in february so what do you think moving forward is going to be the a what what do you hope to happen and b what do you think is going to genuinely happen with regards to um those sort of events those big gaming events that are used not just to obviously showcase things to the fans but also i know that they're used a lot by up-and-coming developers or up-and-coming um 
companies that want to get noticed by the bigger companies and want to get their game out there. How do you think that's going to play out moving forward, Jedi? Uh, I mean, I think the big thing they need to do first is uh, look at what happened, what was successful, what wasn't successful for the 2020 uh, showcases, because there were some that were good, but there were a lot that were just a lot of boring snooze vests that I, I think we, we, we were in a bunch of them, and it was like, a lot of it was cringe. Yeah, uh, some weren't th- worth staying up for at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I think they are they are critical to uh, the gaming industry, especially if we don't have traditional conventions anymore. The summer of play was a great idea on paper. Some worked, some didn't. I think they need to hone that in. Yeah, I that went like on see... for far too long, and it was just sort yeah. of really drawn some, out. Some of them, and... the, the, the Ubisoft one was weird because it was like around the time of a controversy, so they they watered the. It... Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, I think that, you know, if, if things get back to normal and we go back to having actual traditional conventions where we have our, you know, stage and our fans, there needs to be still that streaming element because that, that, that comes in, that, that shows. I mean, we, we saw a lot of us tuned in knowing that they were going to be kind of probably not great. We tuned in to see what news was there. They just need to make that more engaging and exciting. Yeah. Okay. Um, what? More of the Swedish chef, I think. Oh no, <laughs> that was so bad. What? Oh. On the, on, well, I mean, on that note, the and this, uh, this might just be my view. Um, but what the, one of the things that I'd like to say, and it's one of the things that really frustrated me about the Game Awards specifically. Don't get me wrong, Gal Gadot, extremely attractive, and I have no interest. Uh, I have no like issue with looking at her. Brie Larson extremely attractive i've got no issue at looking at her all of the celebrities they are had on that show are all fantastic celebrities they're fantastic actors they're very attractive people and i've got no issues with looking at them they've got very little to do with video games for me i I would like to see more developers i want to see the developers come on and introduce the games and i want to see the developers come on and talk about their passions i don't care about brie larson from her living room saying oh the next game coming up is one that you're going to really enjoy. Yeah, I think Bring that... me the developer that made that game. Yeah, I think that's just like a, a Jeff Keighley flex, isn't it? Like, look at all these famous people I can pull in. Like, well, there's that. There's also, I, I want to say most of the people on there had movies that were either going back into theaters or releasing in the next couple of weeks. Gal Gadot oh, yeah. has Wonder Woman coming out this, uh, this yeah, week. Yeah. Uh, ten, uh, what was it? Tenet had a, the actor and the director there. So... It was all about that part, but I fully agree. Get get some of these. Get, get, like, Keanu Reeves made sense because he was in Cyberpunk and he did a lot with Cyberpunk. Yeah, but get get, get more of those uh, relevant. Here, here's well, here, here's the other thing, right? There's a flip side to this. There's, some of these people that make games are pretty boring. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I want to say yeah. it was I want to say it was the Bethesda event, not last year because there wasn't one, but the year before where it was just dry because they got a bunch of developers and, and producers and these were some boring-ass people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, there is that. There is that. I mean, that. Every company, though, has surely got to have... They've got PR people. They've got people that are there to deli- deliver these big events because they must go to other events where they have to have like a, a front person that delivers and explains the game and shows the game off and stuff like that. So they, they've, surely they've got people in their company that that are, are, are ready built for this sort of event. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, 
when you you know you put a developer or you know someone from the team in front of the camera they can either act like really weird and kind of like a bit zany and have that kind of personality that you kind of just click with and be like oh this game's interesting because this person's interesting or they'd be like like you said they'd be very cut and dry and um you know very factual about like the game and stuff and again it's just come across as, as a bit boring um but i think some of the best moments in like specifically like e3 have been those kind of really cringe moments and those like weird moments passionate that, ones yeah that you only get from like the game developers not like a you know a trained actor or whatever yeah or the ones that think... come out and are like our game is amazing you're gonna love it it's got purple it's got pink <laughs> there's a jump button you've yeah. got it all <laughs> like those sort of ones where you just like i don't know what's going on but i love this guy yeah yeah like um oh devolver digital they do a great job of like bringing so much there's more like to... satire to yeah, it though yeah, isn't it yeah. <laughs> But that, I mean, you remember those those showcases, though, don't you? And, and they do like quite a good job of of you know getting your attention, I suppose. Definitely. But, uh, so, I mean, well. the off the back of this, the other thing though is, and again, this is from some like research that I've previously done on, particularly around E3. So I know that the bigger companies had to pay quite a bit of money to be at these big conventions mm -hmm. but with more and more of the bigger companies who have that money to throw around your sony's your microsoft's ubisoft's uh ea's etc etc that can go down the nintendo route and do it themselves is there a need for them to go to these big events anymore could we see these big events be more focused in on the smaller developers and because sony and microsoft and all the big boys can just go well why would we pay so many millions for that rental hall when we can just knock out our own state of play video every three months at a fraction of the cost. I mean, I think part of it is if you don't have the big studios in there, there's no point to have it because the casual gamer isn't going to go just for the indie developers. Mm. You need some. You need you need the big flash to get the 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 most of the people in there. But what you're saying is very true. We've seen recently, I mean, Nintendo doesn't go to E3. EA doesn't go to E3. They, they run their state of play down the street from E3. Uh, so it, it, it's got to be a balance. I mean, the whole point of the show is to show games. If you want to show games and if you want to do it in a way that's not shady, you kind of want to make sure that you get buy-in from the big companies as well as the little companies so that they can share that stage for each other. Yeah. Mike, have you got anything to add to this? Um, just in regards of like sort of, um, you know, a digital sort of future, um, I think Nintendo do a great job of, um, you know, making the showcase like an event that a lot of people tune in for on, you know, on YouTube or Twitch or whatever. And, um, you know, um, disregarding like the fact that if you're in a, um, convention you can play the game you can go and queue up and um but nintendo do this thing and they do it quite a lot and um you know i've seen a lot of other studios sort of follow suit with it is either dropping the game there and then and be like you can play this right now you know the game is out right now 
and um, Nintendo always seems to have those moments in their little showcases where you can either play the game right now or you can at least play a demo and you can download it straight away. You can play it straight away as soon as it's downloaded. Um, and I think, yeah, definitely. You know, that for me is like one, it saves me a lot of money going to a convention, it saves a lot of time queuing up. I can literally just download it and play it in the comfort of my own home. And I think that is like a, a clear advantage over like going to a convention, but then a physical convention, which I don't think will ever go away. Is it is an event, and you know you go there, you spend money, you have a good time, and and you know it's more well, about I, like being there, isn't it? Yeah. On the note of um, both of those points, uh, I, I completely agree with Nintendo and Sony are very much getting there with their state of plays. Like they're starting to make them really feel like their own now. Yeah. Um, and getting into that area, and I'm I don't. 100% know the details, but I'm pretty sure um, Blizzard was looking at went for BlizzCon, they were looking at like digital passes where you would have, I think it's PC only, but this basically this you'd purchase a pass and that would give you access to certain demos and stuff that would be on the show floor. How that would work I don't know because there's obviously a lot of technical elements around that um, but I know that they're talking about like uh, digital passes where you can purchase but then take part in certain things from home um, but you'd still have to pay like a £20 or $20 fee to, to get access to these certain things yeah it's just like a real life season pass <laughs> literally <laughs> literally that um, no interesting some like yeah I mean I do I do hope they do come back uh, sooner rather than later I really want to take my uh, nearly four-year-old nephew to Comic-Con and get him, he's really into Ghostbusters at the moment, get him a little Ghostbusters outfit and uh, I want to take him up there and show him the wonders of Comic-Con um, because obviously we haven't been able to do anything like that in the last year. I was laughing so, at just because I pictured you dressed as Slimer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, I that really made that for me. <laughs> dressed as a Ghostbuster, no, no Slimer. But <laughs> Um, no, that's that's one of the big things because I think for, I mean, obviously for for video game fans, being able to go to conventions is fantastic, and you get to play a lot of games. And obviously, from the media and journalists, you get to go and speak to developers and see a lot as well. But for the for the younger generation, being able to have your dad or mum, whoever it is, take you along to one of these big conventions where you get to see these games you've not seen before or meet these celebrities and developers you've never seen before is also just fantastic. I think that's just a great experience for kids to be able to get involved in. Yeah. I remember um, like a Pokemon one when I was a kid. Um, mm. Like my mum took me to and it was like, it was like one of the best days ever. So good. It's such a, yeah, such a good opportunity for kids to get involved in, in the industry and like in just everything about it. Um, but we are pushing time. So let's just wrap up with our last the last question I sort of wanted to pose to, well, say pose to the three of us, but for, for us three to talk about, and that is Triple XP in 2021. What, 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 we're, what are we hoping for Triple XP? Like, oh, what's, what's happening with us? Should we just end it here? This be the last episode. Just, just end Triple XP, that's it. Yeah. Dumb. Soz. We've, we've, we've done it for a while now. We got bored. It's all weird. 
I mean, that's that's Mike's usual response to literally anything. I mean, well, I've done it, done it a while. <laughs> yeah. I'm bored now. Put my ten hours in. Time <laughs> to play something else. I'm surprised that I'm actually genuinely surprised that you continue to pay money um, for us to do this as well. <laughs> like I was like, he's going to get bored of paying this five pound a month within a month. Um, it's going to be coming out of my pocket. I can see it already. But no, it's stuck to his word. The yeah. money does come. <laughs> Um, um, but no, I love doing this. It's um, it's a little event every every week. It's nice. Have a little yeah. chin wag with the boys. Sometimes the girls. Sometimes the girls. <laughs> this is twenty twenty after all, Michael. Yes. Um, and sometimes the dog when she gets involved. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean by the girls. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I meant Molly. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyway, yeah, we're going to keep doing this, so hopefully people keep listening. Yeah, we. so I've been looking through the schedule and doing some work for next year on the scheduling. Um, spreadsheets. Spreadsheets. I love a good spreadsheet. And anyway, uh, <laughs> we. so we're looking to do more group episodes. Um, we've got some... There's a really, really funny group episode that I'm hoping to plan for our 21st episode, the big 2-1. Yeah. Um, so we've got some, yeah, we're hoping to have some group episodes coming in in the new year. We're also looking at some other special guests. We've been reaching out to some some of the streamers and some of the people that we know that we really like and would really love to get on the show to um, to talk to. And try and get, try and sort of get others involved in the show a little bit. Yeah, um, I think what I mean, one of the guests would obviously be Camp. Camp's coming back. Um, definitely getting Camp back. You know, there's a. We, I'm, I'm just going to name drop now. There's a few people yeah. I've been speaking to. Uh, Skeletora. Um, she's like this awesome streamer. Streams a lot of like D and D. Um, creates like a lot of one shots and stuff. So, um, you know, she's up for an episode and stuff so that'd be good and there's a few more people in the pipeline that we've yet to speak to but it should be a good good year lots of uh new voices and new opinions as well as it should know, the, the the usuals as well as the usuals we're also looking at developing some of the way that we use some of our socials um me and Mike are particularly bad at Twitter. Well, no, he's good at his own Twitter. I'm bad at Twitter. And <laughs> together, that means we don't put enough into the Triple XP Twitter. So yeah. I'm going to try and do more on that, especially now that my job's going to be going down to a more Monday to Friday. It will give me more time to be able to put stuff into that. Um, I'm also looking at, we're, we're potentially going to start looking at doing our own Triple XP twist on game reviews. Um, so scoring games and putting our own little twist on the the pros and cons of games and we've had Max has been knocking up some bits for us so that we can start using our Instagram and Twitter for that as well Um, and we've got some secret news that we've been talking to to Cheese about but we can't go into that just yet but in the new year we hopefully will be able to share some some of that with you as well which is very exciting news yeah I'm quite excited about this to be fair yeah, it's 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 a really really cool idea that's been bouncing around, and and hopefully we can say share with that with you in the new year. Hopefully, Jedi will come back more and more, um, and it, we haven't just bored him to tears today. It feels like it's been too long since we've had a, a Jedi episode. 
I do love it. Has. Like, Cheese was saying this. Like I was on one of the early episodes, and then I think he went through the cast, and then went through the cast again, and I got put on the the end of the second one. So, yeah, I, anytime you guys want me, I'm down for it. I love it. I love being here. Love chatting with you guys. Always great conversations with you. Yeah, I mean the the issue we had when I was scheduling is, as you've just said, you're quite easy, and that you're generally happy to do it whenever. Um, and some of the others, like JB and Sarah, uh, prime examples, had and uh, Ryan as well, all had things going on that limited their weekends due to like visiting family or certain job commitments. So I had to shuffle them all around, and it meant you got pushed back like three or four slots to where you should have been because I had to squeeze them in, knowing that I couldn't get them in when they were supposed to be in. So a little bit of shuffling Jedi. So it wasn't that you were forgotten about. We just, um, I just had to oh, shuffle no. you a bit further down the line, unfortunately. No um, worries at all. And again, I, whenever, whenever you guys need, if you guys need to shuffle, I'm always down to get shuffled around. Just know that when, you know, when those episodes were on and it was, you know, Sarah and JB and Ryan, we were thinking of you the whole time. I'm sure you were. <laughs> true. It's true. And, you were. and, and at least uh, this, this time I, there's at, there's at least news that happened. I, I feel like the, the the week that I did, it was the one week where there was no yeah. news at all. <laughs> yeah, it was like the first or second. It was like the second or third week, and we was just like, well, we've just started this podcast, and uh, we've got nothing to talk about. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think it's important to point out that throughout 2021, um, and as as anyone who's listened to the show has has realised we're constantly looking to improve and develop. We've improved our audio substantially since the early episodes. Um, we've changed around the format. We're constantly looking for ways to improve. And if any of you have an idea that you think this would make the show better, DM us, tw tweet us, let us know. Um, because we're always looking for ways to improve the show and make it better for, for the listeners and for, and just as fun for ourselves. So. Yeah, I think that's kind of the point where we should really look at wrapping up. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's still it's early days for us, you know. We're still quite young to it, and we're definitely evolving. Well, Fourteen episodes is um yeah. is baby steps compared to most podcasts these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and just to to kind of just add to one thing, you know, I listen to the show every week, and it's it's one of those things where every week you see and hear the the improvement. And I want to I want to give you two specifically kudos for what you've put together so far. It's a testament to you guys and your passion. So good job, you two. Oh, thanks, Jedi. Appreciate it. Thank you. Again. I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to sleep well tonight. <laughs> all this positive, all <laughs> these lovely, positive vibes. What a lovely episode. Mike's been nice. Been. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from when we like dug him out for his PS5, like everything else has been really pleasant. <laughs> Wait, why you got to bring out the past? Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> we're moving forward. I forget. Right. right yeah. Well. So we'll see you. You know, every Monday, and there's a blog every Friday ish. No, Mike, <laughs> that's incorrect. Well, change We're not going to be every. It's every Monday except for next week and the week after and the week after. <laughs> we're not. We're not back until the second week of January. Every Monday, apart from those other Mondays. Every Monday after the second week of January, because this is our last episode for Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas and goodbye, everyone. Merry Christmas and goodbye. <laughs>
Triple FD. 